Amen. It's great to be in the house of the Lord this morning. If you have your Bibles, please turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. The word of the Lord instructs us, 1 Timothy 6, verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. A scripture that should be burning in us daily, living in us daily, that we would fight the good fight of faith. For we understand that we have entered a battle as believers. There is a fight. It is a fight. But there is a very real adversary, the devil, which we must fight against. A very real adversary, the world, that we must fight against. A very real adversary, people flesh and blood that we must fight against, and the flesh we must fight against, and the mind, will, and emotions we must fight against. Is this not part of the fight of faith? Lord, put the fight in us. Fight the good fight of faith. The devil, the enemy of our souls, a very real adversary, a very real enemy. The Bible, the Bible records in 1 Peter 5, verses 8 and 9, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. There is no doubt that this is part of the fight of faith. And what's it going to take? Be sober. That is to be calm and collected in spirit, to be self-controlled. Kept from the drunkenness of the world, the intoxication of worldly wine, the produce of diseased vines. We must be vigilant to watch and give strict attention, to be cautious and active, to take heed, lest a remission and indolence some destructive calamity suddenly overtake, overtake you. Fight the good fight of faith. What's it going to take in this life? A resistance. A resistance against the enemy of our souls. It literally means that we need to set ourselves against him. To withstand, resist, and oppose him. Resist him with the word. Resist them with prayer. Resist them with fasting. 
Resist him with obedience to Christ. Resist him with worship and praise. Resist him steadfast in the faith. If we don't take a stance against the enemy of our souls, against the devil, and plant ourselves immovable, we are in for a rough ride. Don't think he's coming for us. Coming for you to devour you. Listen, the devil has a lot of fights under his belt. He's no rookie. No novice. And so our trainer, the Lord, gives us the answer to win this fight. Be sober. Be vigilant. Resist him. And these all speak of decision and action on our part. It's something I must take to. As I fight the good fight of faith, and it's that which you must take to as you fight the good fight of faith. 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith. The world. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, rational service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The world is after us. It is desperate to conform, to get everyone thinking alike, talking alike, acting alike, seeking alike, and planning alike. The world doesn't like peculiar people. It doesn't like people conformed to Christ Jesus. A chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. The world wants to create a one-mind generation, a loyal priesthood to its pattern an unholy nation that grinds against the holiness of the Lord. The word conform literally means to conform oneself, one's mind and character to another's pattern, fashion oneself according to. Concerning the text we just read, reading from the Voice Bible, do not allow this world to mold you into its own image. Apparently, it's something we allow the world to do. Because God's given us the answers. The message paraphrase, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. 
Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture, can I get an amen, that you fit into it without even thinking. These words, instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. The New Century Version reads, So brothers and sisters, since God has shown us great mercy, I beg you to offer your lives as a living sacrifice to Him. Your offering must be only for God and pleasing to Him, which is the spiritual way for you to worship. Do not be shaped by this world. Instead, be changed within by a new way of thinking. Then you will be able to decide what God wants for you. You will know what is good and pleasing to Him and what is perfect. This world is not for us. The world is actually against us. It is diametrically opposed to the faith. It wants to silence the faith, cut the tongue out of the faith, maim the faith, cripple the faith, destroy the faith, replace the nature of Jesus with the nature of Judas, to twist the gospel. The world is not our friend. The world is not our friend. And yet, we pray for our enemies. We pray for the world. 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith. Flesh and blood. People. People? Yes, people. Ephesians 6.12, reading from the Amplified Bible. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the despotisms, against the powers, against the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural sphere. There is a wrestling with flesh and blood. There is a contending with physical opponents. If you felt it, and I'm sure you have, you know it's true. The Voice Bible, we're not waging war against enemies of flesh and blood alone. And so here, what is the answer? What must we do? Well, the answer is found in the previous verses, verses 10 to 12. Finally, brothers and sisters, draw your strength and might from God. Put on the full armor of God 
to protect yourselves from the devil and his evil schemes. We're not waging war against enemies of flesh and blood alone. No, this fight is against tyrants, against authorities, against supernatural powers and demon princes that slither in the darkness of this world and against wicked spiritual armies that lurk about in heavenly places. If the Lord opened our eyes to what has really taken place, things would change. We have to get the armor of God on us to protect ourselves in this fight. The full armor of God. And honestly, it takes the armor of God to protect in the wrestling against flesh and blood. If we don't have the armor of God on, in this wrestling, we'll feel it in the waist. We'll feel it in the chest. It'll get to our feet. We'll get pierced with fiery darts. Our minds will feel the blow. My, how we need the sword of the Spirit in this battle, which is the Word of God. And how we need prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication. You know, the armor of God is is crucial. It's critical in this fight. Brothers and sisters clothed in the armor of God. Put on the full armor of God. The armor of the Lord is critical in the fight against tyrants, authorities, supernatural powers, and demon princes that slither in the darkness of this world. And against wicked spiritual armies that lurk about in heavenly places, this is part of the fight. And the armor of the Lord, the armor of God, is crucial in the fight against the devil and his evil schemes. You say, what does this have to do with flesh and blood, with people? Well, the reality is, sometimes he uses flesh and blood in the fight against us. To mess with our faith and to take the fight out of us. Sometimes, it's just the carnal, sinful nature that drives flesh and blood against us. This hatred for the gospel, the hardness of heart, the hardness of rejection, the unwillingness to deal with their own wretchedness in the light of the holiness of Christ. Fight the good fight of faith. The flesh. We all have to fight this battle. Concerning ourselves, our flesh. Galatians 5, beginning at verse 17. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. 
But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. And let me give you the list. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. The J.B. Phillips New Testament, just reading that latter part, it says, those who belong to Christ have crucified their old nature with all that it loved and lusted for. If our lives are centered in the Spirit, let us be guided by the Spirit. We know Galatians 2.20, crucified with Christ. No longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life I now live in what? The life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God. If you're trying to follow Jesus, you know how serious this is, this fight against the flesh. If you're really trying to follow Jesus, you know how serious this fight is. It's a fight that lasts a lifetime. Not just 12 rounds. First Corinthians 9, verses 26 and 27. Therefore, I run in such a way as not to run aimlessly. Any aimless runners in the house today? I box in such a way as to avoid hitting air. But I strictly discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. I want to ask a question. When's the last time we beat the flesh? Heaven forbid we've taken to hitting air so to avoid hitting self. The New Century Version reads, So I do not run without a goal. I fight like a boxer who is hitting something, not just the air. I treat my body hard and make it my slave so that I myself will not be disqualified after I have preached to others. The NIV, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave. Too much shadow boxing with self is our ruin.
unwilling to deal with the flesh. The NLV, I'll keep working over my body. I make it obey me. I do this because I'm afraid that after I've preached the good news to others, I myself might be put aside. Beat the flesh or the flesh will beat you. Time and time again. 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith. Mind, will, emotions. Body, soul, spirit. Flesh, then the soul, the mind, will, and emotions, and then the spirit. Romans 8, verses 7 to 9, it says, The carnal mind, fleshly mind, is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now anyone, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. The Voice Bible reads, you see a mind focused on the flesh. A mind focused is declaring war against God. It defies the authority of God's law and is incapable of following his path. So it is clear that God takes no pleasure in those who live oriented to the flesh. But you do not live in the flesh. You live in the Spirit, assuming, of course, that the Spirit of God lives inside of you. The truth is that anyone who does not have the spirit of the anointed living within does not belong to God. Honestly, the only way to deal with the mind, will, and emotions is to live in the spirit. Anyone struggling with the mind, the will, and the emotions? It's part of fighting the fight of faith. We must fight against this. Fight against these. To live in the Spirit and to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. A mind stayed on Him. Mind, will, and emotions trying to take control and lead us. Nevertheless, not my will but yours be done to set the spirit and the desires of the spirit high above emotions that take the wings off of us. You know what's really needed? A holy reversal. We live in a world that cries and lives body, soul, spirit. Body first, you know. And then the soul, the mind, will, and emotions, and of course, spirit last. What does the Bible have to say? 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you that has set you apart completely 
And may your whole spirit, soul, body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the proper order. The world keeps printing material and putting out body, soul, spirit, body, soul, spirit, body, soul, spirit. It's so ingrained in us. Body, soul, spirit. Take care of the body, the flesh, mind, willing, emotions. Let that run the show and let the spirit take third place. But there's this reversal in the text. We see it. The Passion Translation reads, Now may the God of peace and harmony set you apart making you completely holy. Is that not the cry of our hearts? And may your entire being, spirit, soul, and body, be kept completely flawless in the appearing of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. Man, we have to get the order right. And He will set us apart, making us completely holy kept completely, flawless in the appearing of the Lord. You say impossible. No, it's possible. That's what the text says. You say, I don't believe it. Well, I don't believe you because I believe the Word. The Word says that it's possible. That the Lord will keep us flawless, the appearing of Christ. But we have to get the order right in life. And we have to keep checking that the order is right in life. Spirit, soul, body. Decisions will change if you live spirit, soul, body. Schedules will change if you live spirit, soul, body. Priorities will change if you live spirit, soul, body. But as long as you're living body, soul, spirit, it's going to be a rough fight, this fight of faith. And the enemy uses these against us, doesn't he? Oh, this person's living in the body. Well, I'll just mess with Sunday morning church attendance. That's going to be an easy one. Mind, will, and emotions. Easy target, says the devil. But when he sees a believer crying out that the Lord would make them completely holy and preserve them blameless, he knows he's got a fight on his hands because that believer is living spirit, soul, body, crying out, not my will but yours be done. Today, it doesn't matter what's going on in my mind. I'm taking these thoughts captive, every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. It doesn't matter what's going on in my emotions today. I set my emotions aside to follow and serve the Lord the way he deserves to be followed and served. Spirit, soul, body. We can have the worship team return today. You say, why fight? Why fight the good fight of faith? First Timothy 6.12. Fight the good fight of faith. 
lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight to lay hold on eternal life. What greater answer could one hope for? <laughs> fight the good fight of faith. You see, all these, the devil, the world, flesh and blood, the flesh, mind, will, and emotions are against us to keep us from laying hold on eternal life, life which takes living now in a completely different direction. A few other translations, the Passion Translation, so fight with faith for the winner's prize. Lay your hands upon eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession before the multitude of witnesses. The Amplified, fight the good fight of the faith. Lay hold of the eternal life to which you were summoned and for which you confessed the good confession of faith before many witnesses. J.B. Phillips, New Testament, but you, man of God, woman of God, keep clear of such things. Set your heart not on riches but on goodness, Christ-likeness, faith, love, patience, and humility. Fight the worthwhile battle of faith. Keep your grip on that life eternal to which you have been called and to which you boldly professed your loyalty before many witnesses, and the voice reads, fight the good fight of the faith. Cling to the eternal life you were called to when you confess the good confession before witnesses. Lord, put the fight in us. Against the devil, the enemy of our souls, that we would be sober, vigilant, we would resist him, steadfast in the faith. Lord, put the fight in us against the world that would try and squeeze us into its own mold. Take the peculiarity out of us. Lord, put the fight in us. The people the enemy would use against us, the rejection of the gospel. Flesh and blood, Lord, put the fight in us. Help us to crucify this flesh that we are and to live this life in the flesh by faith in the Son of God. Lord, put the fight in us that we set the mind, will, and emotions in the place that they belong and that we live spirit, soul, body. I share with you words, Charles Spurgeon. Lay hold on eternal life. Observe that this precept is preceded by another. Fight the good fight of faith. Those who lay hold on eternal life will have to fight for it. The way of the spiritual life is no easy one. We shall have to contest every step of the way. 
along which it leads us. Contest the good contest of the faith would be an accurate rendering of the passage. And a contest it is against the world, the flesh, and the devil. If we live unto God, we shall need to war a daily warfare and tread down the powers of death and hell. Fight the good fight of faith. Contend earnestly for the faith once delivered to the saints. Hold fast the form of sound words. It's worth fighting for. Even if we come to resistance unto blood. He who dies for the faith has laid down his life in a worthy cause. And he shall find it unto life eternal. We can only hope that we shall be able to live unto God by faith in Him and faith in the great truths which He has revealed to be the object of our faith. When I say unto you, lay hold on eternal life, do not imagine that this is to be done in a dream or accomplished without arousing your utmost energies nor even then without that divine assistance which only faith can receive. The apostle means when he says, lay hold on eternal life. Get beyond today and tomorrow. Leap out of this month and this year. Live for the future. Range eternity. Live not as insects that die in a day, but as men that live forever. This Life is as a prick made on paper by a pen. It is too small a thing to compare with the everlasting future, the forever, whether of misery or bliss, dwarfs this life to nothing. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life which you were called, summoned. I stand in the house today. If you're here today in the house of the Lord and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the beginning of laying hold of eternal life is letting Jesus Christ lay hold of you. Acknowledging the fact, for it is a fact, and the reality that we have all sinned, every single one of us, and fallen short of the glory of God. We all need Jesus. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. The history is, if you don't know it, found in the book of Genesis that we once walked with God. We were created in His image. Everything was right. There was perfect relationship. But something happened. Humanity chose its own way. Rebellion and disobedience. And a righteous and just and holy God had to deal with the sin that had entered into the human race. 
And so by his grace, believe me, it's by his grace he sent them out of the garden. Sin has separated us from God. The picture is we are on one side. God is on the other side of this massive chasm that none can cross. But Jesus Christ came, and he is the bridge to life. He laid down his life that we might cross the chasm and be reconciled unto God our Father and have right relationship with God. You say, I don't really want to worry about eternal life right now. I'm only, uh, you know, 17. I'm only 21. I'm only 28. I'm only 35. I'm only 55. I'm only 75. If you're 85, start worrying about it. But you're saying, I don't really want to worry about this eternal life thing. I'll pick it up somewhere down the road. Or maybe when I'm laying on my deathbed, I'll remember this message that some guy preached. Lay hold on eternal life. Now, listen, you don't know how much time you have. Not one of us do. And the reality is this. If eternal life is eternal, it dwarfs this life to nothing. We're talking eternal life compared to the 80 years, 90 years, 100 years, by God's grace, some are pressing for 120, God be with you. If eternal life is real, if eternal life is real, it dwarfs this life to nothing. And so if you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, listen, I know you can receive Jesus in your seat, but you may not be able to get a Bible. If you don't know Jesus and you want to start this relationship with him, or perhaps you don't know yet if you want to start it, but you want to take the Word of God, I encourage you, open to the New Testament. You can look in the front where that is. It'll give you a page number. Open to the book of John. Start to read about the gospel the message, the good news of Jesus Christ, our hope, and our salvation. We'd like to give you a Bible. You can take it this morning, make it yours, write your name in the front cover, and start taking in the living Word of God. Amen. As we begin to lift this up, I invite you to come. For all of us here today pertaining to the message, if you know in yourself, or if the Holy Spirit is saying, it's time to pick up the fight and take up the fight in one or more of the areas. Make a decision today. Lord, it's time I fight the good fight of faith. And you know what you're facing right now. Don't ignore it. Lord, I'm facing the enemy. I need to, I need to be sober and vigilant. I need to resist him steadfast in the faith. Or you know that the enemy is after you and he's using the world system to try and shape you, and form you, and conform you, and mold you into an image of ungodliness. Take up the fight. Flesh and blood, take up the fight. If it's your own flesh and you're looking at it going, man, it's time. i got to start beating the flesh. i got to crucify this flesh of mine. These are the moments for that. Mind, will, and emotions having their way with you and messing up the faith. Listen. It's time. Lord, I want to set things right. Make a commitment today. I've been living too long, body, soul, spirit. Or even if it's been soul, body, spirit, 
We need the holy reversal today. Lord, I'm asking you, help me. I'm committing spirit, soul, body. Thank you, Jesus.